Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware. And Rachel is pregnant with a crocodile. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Em. She's not wrong. (laughs) I'm Anna. Oh, this fortnight. No, this week. (laughs) I forget. We're on a weekly schedule now. Either way. This week, we are reading... The 12th book in K.A. Applegate's middle grade science fiction series, The Animorphs. Mm -hmm. And that book is called The Reaction. Yes. Yes. So we had a bit of a downer book last time. What did you think of this one in comparison? Um, It was better. It was better for sure. Mm Because it it didn't undo itself at the end. Um, Still a bit flimsy, though. Still flimsy. Yeah, I was going to say. It's not as good as some of the other ones we've had. I would say it's not as good as some of the Rachel ones we have. I think the best Rachel one we've had was the Elemist one, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that might have been... That was a, probably one of the best books probably one had. of the best ones overall. But I did... She front-loaded. Applegate yeah. front-loaded all the good ideas. I did like this one better than the last one. And mm-hmm. I am always a fan of Rachel and her punch, punch, punch attitude. Me too. Rachel is my favorite girl. I love her. She can do no wrong. Fuck mm-hmm. off, Jake. Quit yelling at her. For sure. For sure. Uh, Rachel, like, stylistically is a a bit more distinct than the others as well. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, well, Marco too. Marco and Rachel, I think, are the ones that, well, Yeah, no, they're the two, two standouts. No, it's about, you know what? It's just Cassie You know Cassie what? It's just Jake. Cassie and Jake that it's suck. It's just Cassie and Jake that they're... Their uh, narrative is always kind of same-samey. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I, I appreciate the Rachel POVs. I think that she's a lot She's more, spunky. She's spunky. I was going to say her, her the writing style used with her is a bit more brusque and direct, which I like. Mm-hmm. It makes the book seem much more entertaining yeah. to me. However, that being said, the actual plot of this one was kind of a garbage fire, too. It was weird. It was a like, weird why did- plot. Again, I think there must be, like, some grand endgame where K.A. Applegate is bringing up all these, like, weird, seemingly random ideas. I refuse. I just refuse to believe it's, like, a Monster of the Week type thing. Like, K.A. Applegate has shown us that she's capable of so much more, so much goodness. And now she's, like, defaulting back to this, like, I don't know, like, supernatural style of storytelling, right? I think it's gonna just keep being this monster of the week type thing and i think that we're gonna slide even further into that as we get into the ghostwriter books because don't say that i think it's all gonna come back around maybe in the next book here's what i'll say and this is maybe getting very far ahead of us to series theories but i think that the first six to eight of these books maybe can be Mm kind of considered the first arc and then we're gonna have probably 30 books in the middle here that are just monster of the week and then maybe we're going to get kind of an arc at the end that's going to wrap stuff up i think that there's going to be a lot of monster of the week uh 22nd episode of the 24 episode series type books in here where it's just middle book middle (sighs) book middle book nothing matters nothing matters nothing matters i'm gonna hold out hope that's my series theory well we'll see i guess hope uh, I guess we can get into this one, though. This Let's weird do it. Book. Let's do it. All right. So it's a Rachel POV, like we said. Rachel and Cassie are at the zoo during a class field trip when a small boy falls into the crocodile enclosure. 
And Rachel, being the reckless and beautiful girl that she is, jumps in to save him. And as the little boy is about to get chomped on by a croc, Rachel is able to calm it down by acquiring its DNA. But as she does, though, she starts to feel a little sick to her tum-tum. She's like, mm, that did not go down right. Didn't go down smooth. Mm-mm. And the croc begins to come to, so Rachel, like, scampers off to hide inside the enclosure so she can morph into a croc and then comes back out and fights away all the crocodiles until the boy can be rescued. And then she goes back to hide and demorphs and is also rescued. And this makes the news, I guess. Didn't we say, like, a couple Animorphs episodes ago that um, they should pick up... Like, I think you suggested crocodiles because we need something amphibious. Yes. And yeah, I know so they're they, not amphibians. I mean... Um, but they're very able powerful. ...to go on land and, and uh, sea. Um, yes. And I said that I don't think that they have crocodiles in this part of the country, which they don't, but... Here we have crocodiles in the zoo, and none of these idiots bothered picking that up before this point. Exactly. Like, why don't... They're at the zoo on a class field trip. At the very least, tell me you're going to the petting zoo. Right. Right. At the very least. Oh, it's so frustrating. These children. There's so many, like, powerful... Like, crocodiles and alligators terrify me because they are so old. They're so ancient, right? They, mm-hmm. They're... And they have big, powerful jaws. Yeah. <laughs> like there's something about them that is long lasting. Maybe you should ro- gravitate towards that and take it. Yeah. And Except I not you, Rachel, because it doesn't it doesn't jive with didn't you. Didn't work out for Rachel. But they also would have known this before this second if they had picked up uh, crocodiles before, which I actually that was kind of my thought in this book was that Rachel's reaction to it was like, oh, she's met her morph limit and they're going to have to stop picking up so many animals or like kind of like what we talked about earlier like be more strategic about it and like jettison morphs that they don't need anymore Mm -hmm. um to give it some sort of like rule or like i guess i'm kind of i'm kind of again setting some sort of limitation right like i guess i'm kind of in like video game mode myself or like D D mode where it's like oh you have to have limits to the power and like you can't become too op sort how of thing how many spell slots do exactly have? exactly like i feel like i thought it was that sort of thing but that's definitely not what it is and i was sad about it because i thought we were going to get some good strategy stuff out of it but we don't yeah no the only way to figure out this issue is for it to happen to you so there's no strategy in it whatsoever you just yeah. have to get lucky <laughs> so anyway the bandalites are having a meeting later and jake is chastising rachel for her brave deed like whatever jake whatever jake Jake, you turned into a dog so you could sneak into a music festival. Right. Whatever, Jake. I'm literally going to bring that up. <laughs> Rachel turned into a crocodile because she's a badass and wanted to save a kid. Yes. You turned into a dog. You and Marco turned into dogs so you could go to pick a music chicks festival and dogs. pick up chicks, which is a weird play. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad. Jake makes me... So furious. Just... <laughs> and then Tobias is like, well, he like mind speaks thought speeches to Rachel. Like ask him if he would have done the same. That'll shut him up. And then she does. And Jake like smiles at her. And he's like, yeah, you right. But he never like apologizes. He's, he's just like. His literal words is just because I would have done the same thing doesn't make it right. So like their whole thing with Jake being the leader is he's able to make the tough calls that the rest of them can't Mm -hmm. and able to like think of the greater good. But here he's literally saying he wouldn't have done that and would have 
thought of the kid because Marco's like Marco's I'm on board with Marco in this moment mm-hmm. where Marco's like, look, you can't put this kid's life ahead of the entire planet. True. Marco has got, yeah, Marco's got the right idea for once. Like if someone's going to chastise Rachel, I'm like on board with what Marco's saying. Mm-hmm. But Jake is like, yeah, I definitely also would have made the same choice, which is hypocritical of me to then be yelling at you about it. Not yelling because yeah. he's not their parents, he says. No, he has a, what is it? He has like a, a low silky voice yeah, he uses which, when he's mad. What is he? Does he turn into James Earl Jones when he's mad? There was a lot of weirdness <laughs> with Rachel noticing, like, because he's like, oh, she's like, oh, Jake would be cute if he wasn't my cousin, but he definitely is hot. And it's like, But okay. he's a hottie with a body and a silky smooth voice. Okay, Rachel. I know that back in book one, I said that Jake had weird cousin crush on Rachel. And I think it might be both ways. It's being reciprocated. It's awkward and I don't like it. Though I, we, I think at that time we also did hypothesize that they just must look really alike. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. they're just vibing on <laughs> just, themselves. They just like themselves. <laughs> and in this meeting, they also talk about how teen heartthrob Jeremy Jason McCole, who is definitely not Jonathan Taylor Thomas, <laughs> will be coming to town, and the Yerks have a plan to recruit him to their side so that he can be like the sharing is very cool and then legions of teenage girls will flock to it and they'll have won. Pop culture will be the Yerks <laughs> I, at that point. I will say I think this is the first time that I realized and this might have been very stupid on my part but like there's gotta be Yerks in other cities too I guess right? Because it's like you would think the sharing I guess I, I was picturing it originally as like a school club that uh-huh. existed but i think it's more like boy scouts where it's yeah, like it's like a really well-spread cult yeah so i was like oh i'm an idiot <laughs> no i don't think it's you i think the books don't set that up okay as ex- explicitly so the the vandalites are like we gotta stop jtt <laughs> from brainwashing all of the young women of america this whole thing was like so weird to me with like this was I think in general, Applegate's pretty good about writing the kids as like realistically kids. Mm-hmm. But like the whole way they interacted with this FAMO was just so off putting to me. The way they <laughs> were talking about, like, first off, the girls are like, he is so crush worthy. I love him so much. And the guys are like, his I don't lips even... are so full. Yes. And the guys are like, I don't even know who this dumb dorky actor is i like wayne gretzky and i'm like <laughs> and then they're like this? he's like hotter than all of the females from baywatch and they're like what no what? way <laughs> better than yasmin bleef like it didn't sit it didn't ring true to me the way that they were talking right like where it was it felt like an adult trying to talk about a little bit yeah like kids thinking someone's hot mm-hmm. i'm trying to i'm trying to think back i feel like early crushes i don't think that i would have had the like ability to put it into terms of like i have a crush on this actor at 13 you know Mm. i don't i it's hard for me to say because at 13 most of my crushes were on anime boys so yeah yeah there's that that. too i feel like i definitely had crushes on classmates right 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 but even even that i don't think that i talked about them like oh god he's so hot Mm, his back and his legs are what grade would that have been in um like 13 is eighth grade yeah 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 Mm. i mean i had a boyfriend in end of eighth grade beginning of ninth grade 
but it wasn't like a boyfriend yeah and i think that the the thing that was weird to me was them being like because at one point cassie and rachel are like his back is so hot his legs mm." and i'm like i don't think that i talked about like anatomy in that way yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. it was definitely just like he is cute in this way that i have been told to think people are cute right 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 yeah he's popular like we all thought justin timberlake was cute back in the day probably but he like mm, was he though he had like that weird hair thing going on i just don't it didn't it didn't seem like kids talking about their crushes to me like generally when like i feel like when kids are talking about their crushes they're less like talking about specifics of that crush and more like oh my god i'm gonna marry him you know yes or it'll be like his hair or he looks he's wearing the coolest clothes and that kind of thing but yeah you wouldn't be like "Mm, i love the way his legs look in those skinny jeans yeah Mm, yeah. his lips are so full and he has this brooding look on his face Mm, that's not how 13 year olds find attractiveness yeah it was weird i didn't like it. i don't think in my experience maybe there are some very sexually aware 13 year olds out there right that i didn't i wasn't cool enough to hang out with i don't know (laughs) i felt like the author was like okay i have to make them have crushes what do i know about crushes it's like wanting to have sex with people but i can't have these 13 year olds say that so it's going to be like kind of sexualized but like not and it just it didn't seem like real 13 year olds yeah agreed I'm going to have to cut a lot of that because there's a lot of me being dumb. I mean, 13-year-olds are dumb, so. That's true. It kind of anyway. fits. It fits the theme. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about all the Animoy boys I found cute. Well, yeah, let's. Let's <laughs> go ahead. 13. I really liked, uh, oh, now I can't remember his name. Let me look it up real quick. This is mm. embarrassing. I really like Squall from Final Fantasy VIII. Which is a very embarrassing for me to admit now on sure. a recording of a podcast that people <laughs> listen to that I don't know. Um, oh, I was super into Toski from from Fushigi Yugi. Uh, I was really into uh, Momoru, uh, the tuxedo mask from Sailor Moon. Um, I was really into Vash the Stampede from Trigun. <laughs> I think the only... I'm trying to think specifically when I was 13 what what my fictional crushes would have or celebrity crushes would have been. I think it was probably all book stuff mm-hmm. um, except for, and I remember this one specifically because I was very confused about it, Lindsay Lohan in Mean Girls, which was exactly when ah. I was 13 because I remember that was the first PG-13 movie I saw in theaters. Yes. It was uh, Lindsay Lohan from Mean Girls. I think and a lot I was of people's in love with her. first... Mm-hmm. One of their first was Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, yeah. And then I think probably like a lot of, that would have been pre-Twilight, so it was a couple years off from that. Mm-hmm. But uh, probably like one of the Harry Potter boys is probably into. Draco. No, I was never a Draco stan. Oh my God, I still am. So, I know you are. So much. It's like my whole aesthetic. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Being in love with Draco now, boy. It really is. <laughs> I'm, I'm Pansy Parkinson. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Learning some awful self-truths today. I'm oh, Pansy no, Parkinson. Anna. Oh, no. Oh, no. How could this be? Oh, no. That's fine. She was rich and beautiful, probably. Uh, like I'm, that really. I'm pretty sure she was specifically ugly. No, that was Millicent. Millicent was the weird one with cats. No, I think that Pansy was also ugly. I think that. What? Okay, I'm Googling this. <laughs> Her actress is pretty. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, but that's she was a prefect. They 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 call Pansy Parkinson pug faced all the time. Oh, I thought that was Millicent. No, that was Pansy, man. Oh man, look it up. I thought it's because she maybe just had like she doesn't like have folds and snorts all the time, does she? she Damn, does. that's me. That's me. <laughs> I got. I kind of. Huh. Let's move on. Let's talk about all the anime boys we have crushes on in twenty twenty. <laughs> That's a different podcast. Mm-hmm. You're on ice. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the on. senior division. N- n- I'm not talking like, <laughs> not talking like the kids. That's gross. <laughs> I don't think you had to clarify. I think I did. <laughs> I just said I just said the anime as a whole. I didn't want people to be like, "Ew, but Russian Yuri Yurio is only 15." Like, yeah, I know that's gross, guys. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about how the animorphs want to fuck. Yes, they want to fuck a lot everywhere. Thirteen-year-olds. Um, yeah, they want to. They want to fuck JTG. All right, what is his name in this? JJM. J- J- Jeremy Jason McCall. Yeah, the star of Powerhouse. You know that that show with the comedian who plays his father, who's definitely not Tim Allen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a. It's it's a show about improving your home to be powerful. I guess. Um. That night, Rachel goes home, and she's home alone with her two sisters, so she decides to look at Jeremy Jason McCall on the internet, and she wants to look at pictures of him and print them out. This is so awkward now, knowing where this book goes, and then this being the thing, because this is basically just Rachel being It's like puberty, right? It's just (laughs) Rachel being I thought this was going to be the puberty book. I thought the end would be like, and then Rachel started her period. (laughs) I didn't think that, but now that you said it, yeah, that would have made a lot of sense. It was going to be like a whole thing where that, what, who is the oldest sister in the Narnia books? Susan. Where she gets kicked out of Narnia because she started yeah, yeah, lipstick. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was going to be like, we have to kick Rachel off the morphs because she got her period. <laughs> oh. Uh, um, and then while gazing upon JJM's most dreamy of faces, uh, Rachel finds, him, finds herself involuntarily morphing into a crocodile and then a fly and then an elephant, which is very strange because normally the bandalites have to morph back to their OG mm-hmm. form before assuming another morph, but this is all just like bam, bam, from one bam. to the other and against Rachel's will. It's like she can't control this at all, as, even though she's desperately trying to. And also, she's upstairs, so when she turns into the elephant, she destroys her house. <laughs> Uh, so she's rushed to the hospital where her dad meets up with her because he's like, oh, I saw you on the news about the crocodile thing. And um, I flew here straight away. And now you had this thing happen to you. Um, and the reporters are all hounding her because of this, calling her like the luckiest girl or something. And Rachel's like, no, I'm super unlucky because first I fell into fell into the crocodile pit and then my home was destroyed. Like, what about that is lucky to you? Like, pardon me. Do you know how luck works? Also, though, can we revisit the crocodile pit thing? Because I feel yeah. like surely... This child falls into the crocodile pit. That's a badly designed crocodile pit, right? Yes. And then, like, everybody thinks she did. And I feel like there definitely should be more of, like, an outrage about this zoo that has... I mean, like, we know that she didn't actually fall. She, like, swung up into a tree and then jumped in there. Which makes it seem like it's difficult to get in the crocodile pit. In which case, how did the the kid get in the crocodile pit? He was thrown. He was thrown into the crocodile pit. But, like, I feel like there should be more of, like, an outrage about this zoo that has this very bad crocodile pit that people are falling into twice in one day. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. they should probably look into that. It's this is like a harambe waiting to happen. It really is. <laughs> They're gonna put down all of the crocodiles. It's gonna be very sad. 
Um, <laughs> it's okay. Rachel's going to make new ones. <laughs> Rachel's heavily pregnant with Crocodile right now. Um, <laughs> so because Rachel's dad is a reporter, Rachel weasels her way into doing an interview on the same show that JJM is going to be on. And she's going to like use that as an opportunity to bring him down or something. There's no like thought process here. She's Again, just like, poor planning. JJM will be there and he's got big pouty lips. So I want to be there and maybe we'll do some anamorphing. Like, but I mean, in Rachel's defense, she's not supposed to come up with the plans. That's their leader, Jake. So this is fine. It's fine. Well, that yeah, she that's, did true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So Rachel's rushed to the hospital. No, I just, that was the later part of my notes I just read. Um, however, Jeremy Jason McCole comes to town a little earlier than they originally thought. So the Bandalites decide to go spy on him on his private yacht. Okay. <laughs> Why? Okay. So they become seagulls and they fly over to the yacht and they discover Visser 3 tempting JJM with fame and riches if only he would put a yerk in his brain. And JJM readily accepts. And, and Rachel like, yeah, is horrified by this. And I'm like, yes. Okay. As is Cassie. Well, Cassie's-, Cassie's still like, when she meets him, though, she's still like starstruck. So come on, Cassie. Where are your convictions? I think also Cassie's kind of more like a little bit less um, zealous about how terrible this is. Rachel is like, this is the worst thing. He's betrayed his people. I'm like, he's okay. betrayed me personally. Rachel, do you think that Visser 3 went to him and was like, hey, put this yerk in your brain so that you can become part alien and we're going to control you completely and you're going to betray humanity or do you think and you'll get a bunch of cool stuff from it? Or do you think Visser 3 was like, hey, put this yerk in your brain so that we can convince people to join our totally cool pacifist alien friends club that's definitely not going to take over the world? Like, I I think it was even just like, hey, if you if you let me put this implant in your mind, then you'll be famous. Yeah, like I don't I don't think that this or three was like here's he was our not open about this. Here's our entire plan. <laughs> so in the case that you ever escape from our clutches, you'll know, you'll know everything. You'll know. I I feel like Rachel's maybe a little bit too harsh about the voluntary controllers. Like I, yeah. I don't think this is a situation where they're voluntary in the sense that they have all of the information going in. Yes. They're I, still being tricked. Right. I think you maybe need to calm down. Like, there are there are probably very few instances where a person is told, like, the full spiel, like, would you like to be a slave in your own body? Right. Like, yeah, that sounds nice. Like, if they're not being coerced into this somehow. I think most of them are probably... Although, I don't know, maybe we'll get into at some point the controllers and, like, the ones that are voluntary controllers, how they feel about the whole situation. Because, like, I don't know if we've mm. actually really met any voluntary controllers that... I know. We need to get back with that lady in the cabin in the woods. Yeah. I mean, we she... need to find her again. She wasn't voluntary, was she? No, she escaped, but yeah, maybe yeah. she knows. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta talk to some voluntary ones, see how they feel about this whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um... So while spying, Rachel begins to involuntarily morph again, and she goes through a couple of things, but finally ends up as the crocodile morph in the middle of the sea. And Visser 3 obviously notices this, and he gives chase to the Bandalites, and he turns into some super fast fish with spears. It was like a, a stingray with spears on its back. I was I picturing it as like, and I'm, this might have just been because I was trying to read this really quickly because I read it right before we started recording, but... <laughs> um, 
I was picturing it because it says it's like a pancake situation and then it puffs mm. up. So I was picturing it as like a oh, bellows like a where it like, because oh, it like shoots yeah. spears. So I was picturing it as like puffing up and then like flattening in order to shoot the spear out. That makes sense. But I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't, I was just, I feel like when I read books like these sometimes when they talk about the aliens, I just don't picture anything. Yeah. It's like, Usually I'm kind of that way, but the last two I was very like, okay, I think I get what this is. <laughs> The thing from the ruins and, and a fireplace yeah, thing. Bellows. Yeah. <laughs> a big puffy um, spear shooter. Yeah, yeah. Visor 3 is thwarted when Rachel is able to use her croc jaws to bite him. She plays dead, and when he swims past, she's like, I'm yum, 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 yum. And she gets him. <laughs> <laughs> They're all able to get away. I guess Visor 3 got hurt real bad. I don't know. It kind of like time jumped there a little bit. I mean, if you think about a Lebton javelin fish, which is the name of this thing. I just turned mm-hmm. to that page accidentally, but <laughs> worked out. You um, memorized it, don't lie. Yeah, I've got the whole thing memorized. Um, but if you think about, I feel like the situation that I just thought of, of like it mm-hmm. having to puff up in order to do stuff. If you put a few holes in that, it's going to be pretty incapable of doing shit fills with water right well it would fill with water and it would also be like hard for it to get through the water because it would have holes in it so it it would slow it down Mm -hmm. a lot i think okay that makes more sense (laughs) did more work there than ka applicate did on this one (laughs) (laughs) sometimes you have to paint the scene with your own imagination show don't tell i guess (laughs) rachel gets another talking to by jake with the silky voice and acts informs the group that Rachel is allergic to crocodile DNA mm. and will have these bouts of random morphing whenever she is highly emotional, as all women are. And as allergies work. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, the pollen counts are really bad right now, but um, I'm just like, stay you know, calm, stay meditating, calm. <laughs> trying to stay real chill, watching a lot of Great British Bake Off. <laughs> and my nose won't run. <laughs> yeah. I will be immune. <laughs> Um, yeah, he says that it's basically just like sneezing. That's what she's doing every time she randomly morphs. And there's nothing they can do about it except wait until her body regurgitates the crocodile DNA in the form of an actual fucking crocodile before the random morphing will stop. Okay. <laughs> and this process is called Harith Illent. 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 It doesn't matter. It's never going it to come up matter. again. <laughs> that maybe, maybe not. Hope. Um, have hope. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see Jake get be allergic to all bugs. I the thing is, if if it was gonna come up again, I just don't believe it will because I think that this must not be like a widespread thing, or else mm. this or three would not be acquiring these giant scary ass morphs all the time because it would have happened to him once and he would be like, oh fuck, I need to chill on this. Maybe those that, the books where he was missing for a while. Mm, That's because yeah. he was working on a Harith Illent. He was trying Her- to Illent. Birth a javelin fish or whatever. Yes, yeah. <laughs> because that's essentially what this is, right? Is like she's created, she's got the crocodiles. I guess it's more cloning, maybe, than like a straight yeah, up pregnancy. Yeah, she's like control copy, control paste. Right, because she's copied the DNA from that first crocodile and then it isn't going to fit in her body and it's going to pop out of her body. And like, 
honestly, that's wild. And we really need to get into the repercussions of this. But like, I don't think mm. we have time because. Yeah, no, they, she's creating mass from what? Right. From well, what? I guess they all are because that's now what we got oh, yeah, more explanation right. on zero space that like they get the DNA and then they I guess there's just like a crocodile and an elephant and everything else just hanging out in zero space all the time. When Yeah, they just live there and they're very happy until a ship comes and vaporizes them. I don't know. Which, but, okay, because here's, okay, so if that's the case, if they are, the way this works is they acquire the DNA, the anamorphin process copies the DNA, any extra DNA hangs out in zero space. And we know it's got to be extra mass because Mm -hmm. Axe says when he morphs something small, the excess is out in zero space. So like some of the mass that becomes the elephant is original Rachel mass, right? Because otherwise Axe wouldn't have a problem with specifically. So there's just tiny bits of animals. There's just a little bit of, there's (laughs) just part of an elephant in zero space. And then I guess the rest of the elephant is in Rachel is like, Rachel, but Rachel switches from Rachel to elephant when she wants to be. I don't know. This is so confusing and such a. It's, it's too much to think about. I really wish they hadn't given us an explanation because <laughs> it's so stupid and it makes no sense. I'm not a better person for having known it. No. <laughs> so Jake decides that until Rachel is done with her allergies, she's off the squad. She gets cut, which is a good decision, finally. Yeah, finally, Jake does. He makes a tough decision. He makes a tough call. But Rachel will not be stopped. So she just lies to everyone. (laughs) And she tells them in great detail how she expelled this crocodile DNA from her body that night. And they're like, all right, you're back in. And she's like, suit up. She's like, I didn't tell Axe because Axe would have. Axe would know. Axe would have thought of the question that, um. Cassie and Jake didn't think to ask, which was what happened to the spare crocodile that you birthed. Which is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jake and Cassie, what? <laughs> Jake, my man, <sighs> my manzies, bad leader. <laughs> Here's the test: if she had told this story to Tobias, would Tobias have accepted it? No. Yeah, hundred percent. But here's the other thing, Tobias probably would have thought of some way to make this useful to them yeah also true and also he loves rachel with all of his little hawk heart mm-hmm. so he would have been like i can't i can't cut you i can't bend you baby i need you here keeps me keeps me alive keeps me human kiss me kiss my little beak <laughs> uh, what is it when you clean a pre- bird preening preen preen my feathers rachel i don't know actually I thought preening was when it, they did it to themselves. Self-care? Can you preen someone else? I guess Watch you can. Watch me preen my feathers, Rachel. <laughs> I'm preening them for you. <laughs> and when you look across the crowded forest and you see me do this motion, no, that means I'm doing it for you. <laughs> and he's like pecking at his wing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be watching you starts like playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> It's all super romantic if you're a 13-year-old girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The next day, Rachel is scheduled for her interview on the TV. So they go to the studio and meet JJM, and he's just like a big jerk, whatever. Um, But Cassie 
it is revealed that Rachel has lied to Cassie, her BFF. It's so rude. Um, but instead of, like, being mad, Cassie's just like, here, give me your DNA, and I'll <laughs> pretend to be you if things go wrong. Okay. Cassie's showing some initiative. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Thinking ahead, like, this is something they all should have done beforehand so they could all cover for each other. And then also, like, somewhere in here, I, there's, like, people are starting to become a little bit suspicious that maybe Rachel isn't just a regular kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gets asked kind of a few pointed questions that she has to kind of bluff her way out of to make it seem like she has no idea what they're talking about. Um, so, like, that's 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 an interesting tidbit, I think, that the Yerks are finally, like, maybe they're not Bandalites. Yeah. Maybe they're just humans. Now, do we think the Yerks thought that they were humans? I guess they would have had to, but did... Mm-hmm. I don't know, because did the, the Yerks think, oh, they're humans, or did they think that Rachel was an Andalite pretending to be human. I don't know. See, here's the question that I've kind of had brewing in the back of my mind. Mm -hmm. Do we know what happened to the box that held the Animorph technology in it? I believe it was destroyed, but I could be wrong about that because it was either destroyed Mm -hmm. or it would have been picked up by... It had to have been destroyed, right? Yeah, because otherwise Visser 3 would have taken it. Yes, 100%. Maybe... If the Yerks don't know it was destroyed, mm-hmm. they're thinking, like, maybe humans found it. Well, do they even know that the box exists? Like, is that a thing that is oh. generally well, known about Andalites, that they use these boxes to activate their powers or whatever? Which, again, gets really back Visser to the... three would know. Yeah, well, maybe, because if the Andalite that he acquired had al- already had acquired the morphing ability, that, an- well, no, he would have the Andalite's memories, so he would know. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Right. And, like, if he was on the same level as Elfangor, then he'd probably yes. also have the technology yes. on him. So. But also, like, have we ever gotten into what exactly the deal is with why the Andalites were carrying that box around? Because No, that was going to be my thing. Like, if it's something that you're given at a school's, like, a school child's mm-hmm. age, why would you need... Like, do they need a backup copy or were they like purposefully going out and giving more people this technology like they all promised not to do? Right. Do they have to like refresh every few years or something? Yeah. I don't know. Are they going to are they going to be stale anamorphs soon? Are they going to be nasty, crunchy, stale anamorphs? Oh, my God. No. Weird. Something to look out for. Or Questions, it could just be yeah. a plot hole. It's fine. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> She's just like, mm, it doesn't exist anymore. Don't, th- don't worry about it. <laughs> They're carrying the box around because of reasons. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rachel begins the Harith Illent process while at the studio, which is awkward. Um, she begins to turn into a grizzly bear, but also has like a crocodile growing on her at the same time. So they rush off to the women's restroom and the croc is expelled from Rachel's body and she morphs into a grizzly bear and Cassie morphs into a squirrel and they're all like having an animal fight in there. And then some woman, like, opens the door. She's like, I gotta take a shit, you guys. This is taking too long. I can't wait. I can't hold it. And then she's, like, bowled over as all of these animals storm out of the bathroom. And they end up on set while the cameras are rolling. Which, luckily, there was a guy here who was being interviewed on this day that was, like, a... Animal guy. Animal. Like a Kratz creatures. Yeah. Like a Brian Fellows, but competent, maybe. Robert Irwin, <laughs> but, like, an adult. Because that's, that's what yeah. he does now, is he goes and talks about animals on Jimmy Kimmel or whatever. 
Yeah, so they all thought they were his animals, but even though he kept saying, I don't, these are not mine. Even though he's these like, are wild animals. He's like, I obviously, I brought a llama. I obviously didn't bring a 20 foot crocodile, you idiots. <laughs> loose, just a loose crocodile <laughs> and grizzly bear. <laughs> and grizzly because bear. everyone just takes grizzly bears everywhere with them. They're very tame and docile. And on the other end of things, a squirrel. Like, I thought that would be fun television viewing for everyone. I've actually, I've trained the grizzly bear to walk the crocodile and squirrel on a leash. <laughs> that was going to be our big finale. <laughs> so they run out on set and um, they're interviewing JJM at the moment. But Cassie, as a squirrel, runs and turns off all the lights so no one can see what's happening. And somehow JJM lands on the crocodile's path. The the, the real crocodile. Oh, yeah. It's Rachel's grizzly bear. Never mind. Scratch that. <laughs> somehow JJM lands in the crocodile's path. And the crocodile proceeds to attack him. He's like, I'm, 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 I'm. And the Yerk in JJM's brain is like, fuck it, I'm out. This is awful. This is dying. I have to go. And he wiggles on out of JJM's brain. But then Grizzly Bear Rachel accidentally steps on the Yerk. Which. And kills it. We have seen Yerk protocol for deaths before, right? Like, we've seen it happen. Because the Yerk has died. They Or the controller has died. They've come and or the controller has been injured in some way and they've mm-hmm. come in an ambulance and had Yerk controlled people who work as EMTs yes. show up, kill right? Like that's happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happened with like yeah, their teacher. So this Yerk has to be an idiot and very low level to be like this incapable mm-hmm. of dealing with the situation when they have things in yeah. place for what to do if your creature comes under attack or is in some situation where you got to get out of there. You're supposed mm-hmm. to hunker down and wait. Like, yeah, yeah. So what were they doing putting this idiot Yerk in this very high profile target? Very good question. I <laughs> I don't know. Maybe like the Yerk picked up on some of JJM's personality traits. I don't know. Mm, maybe, he just maybe. got really scared and peace out. But again, we're doing a lot more work for that than K.A. Applegate did. So <laughs> your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. The Vandalites win, I guess, because they stop JJM from being a Yerk. But this teen heartthrob is so scarred by his experience that he gives up acting and moves to Uzbekistan. The end. Also, the, they kill the crocodile, right? Oh, I don't I don't remember what happened to the crocodile. Let me see. Yeah, Axe kills the crocodile. Uh, oh, yeah, he with his tail. Yeah. Oh, yeah, also the others were there. So, like, that's pretty messed up, that whole situation. Like, what are they going to do when they all peace out? The grizzly bear is gone. The squirrel is gone. The llama is gone. And there's a dead crocodile. <laughs> I mean, it works out for him because then the Yerk is like, there's a controller who's talking to Rachel, but it's really Cassie as Rachel. He's yes. like, oh, I thought that you were the crocodile, but I guess not because crocodile's dead and it's just a crocodile. And then shouts Andalite at her. Andalite. To and see Cassie's she reacts. Like, and Cassie's like, ah, yes, Andalite would be helpful. Um, <laughs> she had that one in her back she pocket. Was she was waiting months to use that one. She was waiting for, for, for Axe to <laughs> request more light from somewhere. <laughs> She's like, I got to burn my joke on this. Um, oh, a really good there's fun. no one here to hear it. <laughs> but aside from the helpfulness of the crocodile dying, like, again, this is a creature that, and I get, maybe I'm I'm projecting the pregnancy thing a little bit too much onto this whole situation, but, like, Never. I feel like that would fuck you up as a, 
person, right? To be like, I have created this creature. I have shared its sentience. I have expelled it from myself. It is a part of me and I have made it. And then we're just going to kill it. <laughs> it's dark. Like It's pretty fucked up. That's pretty dark. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, she... Rachel's body's body, Rachel's choice, of course. But... It's still pretty fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she was like in awe of the one who killed it. Yeah, she's like, oh, good. Thank God Axe killed my crocodile baby. It was magnificent. I knew how strong crocodile babies are, but Axe just like fucking fucked murdered it. Up. it. it Thank amazing. God. Thank God. You know, if Cassie had been the one to go through this, she would be like a wreck. Yes. Who Who is to like, if I hadn't intervened by creating this crocodile life, would the crocodile have been happy right. living in zero space forever? I don't know. Whereas whereas Rachel's just like, eh, dead crocodile. Yeah, Sweet. Like, Feed me more blood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my question, though, is, okay, so is Rachel only allergic to crocodiles? Is now, can we like say, okay, maybe don't do like alligators or komodo dragons mm-hmm. either <laughs> i also wonder if this is a, a species wide allergy if the other andalites could pick up crocodile or the other andalites the other uh animorphs could pick up crocodiles or not because or like if jake oh. might be more susceptible to crocodile allergies like should jake stay away because he's related to rachel good questions stuff that axe could answer but probably won't. I probably won't he's just sitting on all these secrets and then he'll be like well you never asked so Again, I'm almost certain that this will never, this whole allergy thing will never come up again in these books. <laughs> Have hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, but speaking of things that'll come up again in these books, I guess uh, let's go ahead and get into series theories because I mm-hmm. do have an update on the hunt for the Animorphs. Um, yeah. I have said in the past, I'm pretty sure that this series takes place in California, we've talked about. Um, and I believe I've before said Sacramento, correct? You, yeah, you definitely said somewhere further north. Okay, so in this, because uh, the animal life would be more or less appropriate there. They're pretty near our coast because they keep going to the coast. And there's enough uh, zoo type things that could be what the gardens are in Sacramento that this could work. But mm-hmm. further confirming this theory, let me find the quote. When they're at the zoo, they... Rachel is talking about like field trips and how fun field trips are. And she says that when she was younger, she went on a field trip to a factory that made bread and Twinkies, which would of course be a hostess factory. And there was, there isn't currently because, you know, hostess, whatever went through, shut down and then reopened and whatever. But there Uh used to be a hostess factory in Sacramento. So I'm just saying and more animorphs is set in Sacramento. But Sacramento is inland though. It's a little bit inland, but like, they're, like, not near the beach. Right, but if they're, like, on the, like, outskirts skirts of Sacramento, right? Because they're pretty much suburbs we've talked about before, right? So it's, like, yeah, suburbs close to Sacramento where they could be, like, could theoretically have taken a field trip to the hostess factory that's in Sacramento. We know that there are Safeways in California. There are Safeways in Sacramento, so that checks out. Um, the El Dorado National Forest is very close. Right, right. This is the Tahoe National Forest. Right. So I think I think Sacramento. Hmm. Y'all want to go hunt some animals? That's where to look. That's where you gotta go. Look for any red tail hawks in Sacramento. Yep. Get them. Get them. <laughs> <laughs> I um kind of along the lines of 
serious theories. Maybe we need a name for this segment, but another another shipping moment for mm, yeah, sure. fellow Cassie Marco shippers. Mm-hmm. Um, at the very beginning of this book, Cassie is like telling this story about how her mom is very embarrassing because she thinks that um, she gets the names of people and celebrities incorrect all the time. So yeah. she says, oh, she'll start talking about the fudgies or Snoopy diggity dog or boys 11 men or nice is neat. And so you can kind of extrapolate, okay, so Snoop Dogg, Boys to Men, the Fugees. And Rachel's like, but what's, ni- what's nice is neat? And Cassie says, it's Nine Inch Nails. It was Marco's idea. He wanted me to be able to get the CD so he could make a tape. So, like, she and Marco are talking together when they're mm-hmm. not supposed to be because they're not supposed to be seen together, right? Yep. Yeah, and she's, like, making him a mixtape, essentially, kind of. Right, 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 right. And, like, Marco's, like, helping her trick her parents and whatever. Yeah, there's definitely yes. something going on there. And on the flip side, there was kind of a Jake Cassie moment, I guess, in, or, like, discussion in this book where mm-hmm. Rachel is like, oh, Jake and Cassie have a thing but they don't talk about it and we don't talk about it and nobody does anything about it. And I'm like, then it's not a thing. Then it's not a thing, yeah. <laughs> That's not. Or they're like, every, they, they don't know that we all know. They don't know <laughs> that we all know and they also don't hang out together or talk. Like, yeah. like Rachel says something along those lines of like, yes, they never yeah. actually So they're a nothing. Anything. So they're nothing. It's nothing. Marco yes. Cassie, all the way, they're hanging out, they're listening to Nine Inch Nails. It's a great 90s relationship. Yes, yes. Cassie, the slightly uptight Cassie is being mm-hmm. introduced to like this grunge rock of the 90s. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, beautiful, very beautiful rom-com trophy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this Cassie Jake thing is being set up as like the most unsatisfying slow burn. I know, I hate it so much. It's and it's just, it's never going to be anything because. Not that a... I'm like 13 year olds have to fuck, but. No, like... no, no, no. But I mean, like eventually they do get older, but. Um... Yeah, but like also like, you know. No, nothing's going to happen because it's a book series from middle schoolers. So like. Yeah. There's that. And then, like, I don't care about Cassie and Jake. And also, I their relationship know. is boring. And also, they shouldn't be together. And also, yeah, Jake yeah. is in love with Axe. And Cassie is in love with Marco. So, like, who cares? Yep. 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 <laughs> morbid moments. Do you have a more? This book was uh, a little lighthearted. So, did little you have a morbid bit. moment? I guess kind of the stuff I was talking about with, like, but that's, again, more of projection from me of, like, yeah. Rachel creating life and then it immediately being snuffed out by axe it's kind of fucked up <laughs> but no, nothing too grimdark in this one you know why you know why nothing too grimdark happened because they didn't become bugs the truth like truth. we we had some of rachel turning into a bug in her morph and jake and of course it. became a fly when they were all in the studio because of course he did mm-hmm. um but there wasn't like a big, we're acquiring a bug and we're all turning into bugs and some dumb bullshit with bugs is going to happen moment. Yeah. Yeah. My body will be torn to pieces. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. going to be eaten by a raven and have to burst my way through its neck. Like we didn't have the body <laughs> horror in this one. because <laughs> oh, Maybe oh, we'll take a chill oh. pill on the bugs. You know what my other morbid moment was, which wasn't really a morbid moment, but was just a, like, I guess, squicky moment. Uh-huh. Um, when, and we didn't talk about this at all, but at one point Cassie gets, no, not Cassie, Rachel gets called into Chapman's office, um, to discuss, I guess, her grades. And I guess he was kind of trying to figure out if she's an anamorph, maybe. I don't know. It wasn't yeah, super clear. Yeah, they're onto them a little bit. But at one point, this fucking weirdo says to this 13-year-old girl, um, 
they're talking about the whole situation. Uh, oh, it's Chapman's trying to get her to join the sharing is what it is. Mm-hmm. But he says like, oh, you should. So maybe he's not really onto her. It's unclear exactly how onto them they are. But he's trying to get her to join the sharing because he thinks she's depressed and tried to kill herself jumping in the, the crocodile yes, thing. Yes, ew. Which, what is that projection? That was weird. But before that, he says like, oh, you should join the sharing. I saw the whole thing on TV. And she says, how did I look on TV? And he says to a 13-year-old girl, very self-possessed, very attractive, and very mature. Attractive. That was so weird. What the fuck? What the fuck? Is Chapman trying to get with Rachel? Is that literally what's happening? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That was weird as shit. I don't think a kid would necessarily pick up on that. But reading it as an adult, I was like, there's no way that Kay Applegate didn't think this was weird when she put this in the book, right? Ugh. 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 You're, you're not like other girls your age. Exactly. You're very mature. You're very mature. You, very attractive. I'm grossed out just saying That's that. That's super disgusting. I hate it. I hate Chapman. I hate his yerk. Yeah, his Ugh. his yerks. Also, that's pretty morbid. Then think about that being the assistant principal of a school and like and having to watch and you. having to watch Ugh. yourself do that to a thirteen year old. Like, Ugh. that's your daughter's friend. Yes. your daughter's friend. That's Ooh. Fucked up. Ew, man, Ew, I hate it. It's so gross. Ugh, it's disgusting. Yerks are pedophiles. Yeah, I think that's I, we can say that. Well, Firmly. I think it's less of a pedophilia thing and more of a, like, Yerks are just trying to get, like, Yerks don't They're understand grooming. social mores of, like, adults <laughs> shouldn't hit on teenagers. Because we saw this last Marco book, too, when they were like, hey, yeah, invite your dad to this party with a bunch of hot babes. <laughs> <laughs> Yerks really aren't understanding the age thing, I think. Not a cool party, Yerks. No. Not a cool party. <laughs> How about you? Did you have a morbid moment? Not really. I mean, the whole thing with like the Yerks questioning humans now mm-hmm. about whether or not they're animorphs is a little bit worrisome. Yeah. But honestly, like, this is- there's 54 more books, so I don't think they're gonna or not 54 more books. There's 54 books total. Yes, so yes. I don't think they're gonna get caught anytime soon. Nah. But yeah, this one was a lot more lighthearted than the previous two Rachel Bur- books mm-hmm. were. So, yeah. Overall, not too morbid. Yeah. Um, most valuable morph. Most valuable morph. Who's stepping up to the plate this week? Axe. <laughs> yeah, he does murder a crocodile. <laughs> he murdered a crocodile with his tail. He had the information. I think I, I agree. I think that he was doing some good work. I also want to give it up to Cassie because I think that she, when separated from Jake, had some good ideas in terms of acquiring Rachel and like figuring out uh, how to respond to these questions and whatever she was you know a solid player she she kept a cool head you know mm, true the andalite line man yeah Zinger. good work for cassie um <laughs> tobias was fine but wasn't really didn't really do too much in this book he was kind of irrelevant in know. this book and then rachel was great and bloodthirsty but was maybe but making, not the most helpful yeah maybe making being... poor decisions yeah having an allergic reaction doesn't make you very valuable yeah and then jake was useless as always Oh, Jake can get fucked. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, all right. So that's pretty much it for this episode. Next week, we're going to be reading a, a submission from Dan, uh, who suggested that we read Road Marks by Roger Zelazny. Um, and then the week after that, we will be back on Animorphs with Animorphs number 13, The Change. 
The Change, which is a Tobias mm-hmm. POV. Looking forward and to it. I don't know. Have you looked at the cover of the book? I haven't. Is it, is it good? <sighs> I don't want to spoil anything. Then. What is it? What is it? It's called The Change. Yeah. And it has a hawk turning into a boy. Okay. Well, I feel like that's probably not. I don't know. I guess it could it could be he turns back into a boy or it could just be they're just putting that on the cover because that's the only <laughs> more. It's Tobias's puberty book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. going through changes. <laughs> cool. <coughs> Ugh, the sun went down, so of course I'm coughing. Yeah, you're emotional and allergic. Oh, no, I'm going to start morphing into a pill bug and then a... What's another animal? Alligator and then... The hippopotamus. Where'd you get that one from? That's spicy. I know. I have never heard of alligators before. <laughs> oh, man. In the meantime, if you need to get in touch with us about any of your own Animorphs thoughts or feelings, uh, you can tweet at us at ShelfAwareCast or email us ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. And we are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of them, you definitely should because of a reason I'm going to think of by the end of the sentence. It's going to be good because don't you want to find out if Cassie and Marco are going to get together? (laughs) Don't you want to know? And there's no other way to find out other than listening to every yeah, single episode of this podcast. Yeah, if you read the books on your own, you wouldn't even know. We have You have to listen to us we to decipher. You're not picking up on the subtle subtext. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're the only ones that can read between the lines here. <laughs> <laughs> Bring you that the hottest shipping news from the Animorphs <laughs> series. <laughs> Um, if you use Apple Podcasts, we'd very much appreciate a five-star review. But if you don't use Apple Podcasts, that's okay, because you can talk about us anywhere you would like on the internet. Just let us know. If you let us know by sending us an email and your address, maybe we'll send you something back. Who's to say? It's stickers. I mean, we we, we say it's stickers. <laughs> you can put them on your laptop. You can put them on your books. You can put them on your clothes. Really, anywhere that things stick, a sticker can be put. You cannot put them on nonstick pans. I'm very sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> our one our one flaw, the nonstick pans. We're still trying to crack that technology. Are here to defeat us. That was a good joke. <laughs> uh, in the words of K.A. Applegate, I was the mighty seagull ellipses king of scavengers lord of the trash (laughs) same (laughs) i also did realize um in this while reading animorphs that animorphs follow dnd rules in terms of because it's polymorph, right? Like you get, oh, you get yeah. hit, you get fall out of you until you lose enough hit points. You fall out of that. You go back to regular form. Yeah, you just get to tank. Yeah. So that's yep. Yeah, they're all polymorphing. <laughs> that's why they should all stop being bugs and just be grizzly bears all the time. Stop being bugs and start getting real. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right.